impression good <laughs> welcome everyone to the wages of cinema we are back with a brand new release movie and we have the full cast well almost the full cast uh actually uh trash panda cory just couldn't uh, is not really into the giant monsters beating each other up and her loss she'd rather talk about star <laughs> <laughs> oh that's a whole other thing i we, before we started recording we're not going to get into comments if you prefer the five star system or the four star system oh my god stop this man right. like is it the war of aggression the war between the states that's all right. All right. So, so, all right. So anyway, uh, <laughs> welcome everyone uh, as with me tonight. I'm really pleased to have back with me, Andrew. Hey guys, how's it going? Hello, Andrew. Uh, couldn't have uh, a better guest than you. Oh wait, we also have guest star Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Any film about a monkey. I think that's, see, that is a star rating right there. <laughs> Anyway, How many howls you get. So anyway, we're talking about Godzilla versus Kong, the best Supreme Court decision since Batman v Superman. You know, deep down in my heart, though, I feel like we have a lot of similarities between this and Batman versus Superman. You know what? Uh, before, you know, it's a strange thing. Like, before I even get into my general thoughts of the movie... There are actually a, there are some main there are some points in particular in like the last twenty minutes of this movie where I really did think about Batman v Superman and like in terms of like just how like these two characters eventually are squaring off and then decide I'm not going to get into spoilers but they decide to focus their attention elsewhere and and yet I would say though that the difference is. Batman v Superman is dumb, but in a bad way. This is dumb, but in an awesome way. Oh yeah, this film is not as dumb as Batman v Superman, but uh, I think we're getting a little ahead of it. <laughs> it's also not as pretentious. No, 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 absolutely not. And that's the main thing is that, is that this movie, Godzilla vs Kong, it it knows what it is or what it should be, and I think that is to its credit. Like I. I quite enjoyed this movie, even as I acknowledge that, like, there are parts of this that are just straight up a Saturday morning cartoon. Sure. And I don't mean that necessarily in a bad way. It can be, it's, it's actually kind of an enjoyable, like, Saturday morning cartoon. But, like, any time, like, almost any time you're cutting to the humans, it, it is that. But when this is just a purely visual spectacle... When it, this is grandiosity on a level that is just very impressive to me. Hmm. I'll. You want me to give a uh, give a synopsis? Yes, please. 
All right, so basically, the premise of Godzilla versus Kong is that Godzilla has started attacking the mainland again, and nobody knows why. Uh, it has maybe something to do with Apex Cybernetics, and mm. with a name like that, you know they're definitely important to the plot. Yes, anytime you have Apex as your nom de plume, you're 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 asking for it. Anything with cybernetics, you're instantly evil. Yes, <laughs> but beyond that, uh, Kong is chilling on Skull Island because they've built him this nice little pleasure dome. Uh, but they want to use him to get to the center of the Earth because there's a power source there which may provide the key to destroying Godzilla. That's the movie. Yeah, yeah. Like, in this, like... It... Trust me, it's still not as dumb as it sounds. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, yeah, like, there was someone I saw on my Twitter that said, like, I wasn't expecting Godzilla versus Kong to be the core part two. Oh, yeah. And... <laughs> I actually haven't seen the core, but From I what kind I've heard of about the general the core, premise. This is still better than the core. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen the core, and I can vouch for that statement. Okay, right. um, yeah. Well, to to what you're yeah to that premise, I think that bottles it up pretty well. And again, you yeah, as you have like these human characters that are trying to get to like the power source of the earth, basically, um, you know, again, these human characters there, you have a couple of different plot strands. Let's like, talk about that. Yeah. There are far too many characters in this film. Yeah. Yeah. That That's the thing I mean about it feeling very Saturday morning cartoon, but like in a way that's a bit spread out because you have the, the endearing kind of story or meaning to be that where you have the little girl who's uh, like, she basically was taken in by um, Rebecca Hall's character. Um, who's, you know, trying, you know, basically there for Kong and trying to help him. And this little girl it, somehow, I forget in the movie, they said like her family was destroyed, but then Kong, like, saved her. But here's the thing. She's okay. Yeah. Like, the, the little girl is, like, the one character where it's, like, where it's, like, she didn't do much, but the movie would have been less without her. Yeah, no, no, I, I she agree. She is Kong's little buddy. And King Kong is always best when he has a little buddy. Yeah. I mean, I mean that's basically what Kong was in his first movie. Aw, oh, Jack, am I your little buddy? Oh. <laughs> Of course. <laughs> He's hairy enough to be your Kong. <laughs> I pound my chest enough. Um, but no, so you have that, and you have, like, you know, what Alexander Skarsgård is, you know, scientist man who, you know, like... I'm 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 in the I'm in the basement of a science facility. Why are you coming to me? Oh yeah, you know like I guess everything that there is to know about like fission, nuclear, whatever it is. And so you have that whole strand where they're trying to get Kong into almost oh, yeah. again like a is, wormhole. Yeah, for some reason like I don't uh, all right. <laughs> I, again, it doesn't have to make sense. I, I'm, I'm fine gonna, with that. I'm not going to critique this plot point by plot point because you know ultimately you kind of have to go with it in, in, yeah. if you want to get make any progress. Yeah, I don't have any problems with the plot of Kong of, King, of Godzilla versus Kong. It's just that 
this story tells that story very inefficient. Yeah, yeah, no. It's, it's like you needed another draft of the script to weed out some of the secondary characters, to condense you, some people, to give a bit more motivation to everybody, you, you, and to get rid of some kind of pointless scenes. Well, the, well what I was going to get to is you have that plot. You have that plot thread, which is, you know, more or less it's fine. Again, that's the main A plot. The B plot, which is, again, that's where I felt the most Saturday morning cartoonish, cartoonishness of this, is where Millie Bobby Brown uh, returns from uh, Godzilla King of Monsters. Yeah, she and, basically got like a Scooby-Doo investigation. Yeah, and where, where she has to infiltrate this company to kind of figure out what they're go what they're doing. And I mean, without that plot, we don't, we don't learn why the evil corporation is being evil but you could have done better yeah well it's also like brian tyree henry is uh he works at monarch in some kind of low-rent engineering capacity no, he works at apex oh he works at oh, i'm sorry apex Excuse what's me. the name of the guy the dad who works for kyle Mon chandler oh yeah i keep forgetting his name even though i i recognize him every time he, he looks like a kyle chandler he was in the he was <laughs> <laughs> I recognize him because he he was the lead in the in this TV show early edition. Oh, but the, tomorrow's news today. Yeah, exactly. Matt knows the premise. I have not seen that. I know that. the premise. You and I never watched it. But oh, like, okay. here's the point. He's pointless in this movie. Oh yeah. Yeah, he he's basically there for like a glorified cameo. And... The Asian guy who works with the millionaire to do the evil thing. He's pointless in this movie. Kind of, yeah. And I got to talk about the now. The friend of the girl who goes on the secret sneaky mission with Scooby-Doo. He's pointless in this story. He's yeah. kind of there as comedy, as comedic relief. Uh, and, you know, you could have written out a lot of that. And you would have had a more a tighter, more compact, more efficient film. But it's just like, in, in an effort to kind of make that first draft make sense, they had to plug in all these different side characters to, uh, to to really make it work, and it just kind of and it just kind of uh, chugs along and does its thing. And, and then and then know. I got and then I got to talk about now also the sort of uh, I guess you could call him the villain of the movie. Uh, Damien Bashir yeah plays the uh, the the guy at Apex who's trying to uh, do the uh, thing that we can't talk about into the spoiler zone. Exactly. Yeah, but oh, I, just, I have thought. Well, yeah, that. he plays Walt. <laughs> Walter Simmons is his character, and with an accent like that, his name is not Walter Simmons. <laughs> well, <laughs> was that his not, name when he got like, off the boat at Ellis Island? <laughs> I think, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a strange. Like, but what I was gonna say was, the director of this movie clearly pulled Damien Bashir aside and said, "Okay, you're Ricardo Montalban." Yeah, <laughs> you are just be Ricardo Montalban for this entire performance. Yeah, but and, the thing is, he's not bad. No, he he channels him well, but I was kind of distracted by like, I wish this was Ricardo Montalban. I even wish though he was doing more in this film. Yeah, he, I he he is the perfect villain type in this thing, and he's and he should be more villainous. He should be yeah. doing. He should be doing evil millionaire stuff. He should be doing like yeah. James Bond it, villain stuff right now. But yeah. he's just like in a few scenes and sitting in a lab and yeah. being on TV. And it's just like, eh, you could have yeah. done better. Well, again, you could have done better, Godzilla versus Kong. <laughs> well, yeah, I, what I would say is, again, the, the human characters, you know, they're at they're hit or miss uh, to terribly say or they're negligible. 
But I'm not here for necessarily the human characters. But I'm before here you for... go down that road. It's like in the last Godzilla movie, King of the Monsters, the human characters were okay. No, they were. They weren't the greatest, but they had something to do. Yeah. And there weren't well, okay, there were a few too many. Then. Right. But still it was just like they did a better job then, and then mm-hmm. they just forgot what uh, they learned and made this movie. I would agree. Matt, I'm sorry. I feel like we've been talking a lot and you haven't chimed in I yet. I just don't really care about the humans because the humans are always 100% going to be not interesting to me in comparison to the kaiju. And they did Kong and Godzilla great. So I was like, I had to give them a mulligan for whatever human shenanigans they have going on. Because there's they met your expectations. The, yeah. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, to kind of Matt's point... I mean, in so many, I've I haven't maybe seen as many as like you guys have, but I've caught up over the years on some on some of the more like Showa era like Godzilla movies and kaiju stuff, and you know, rarely do you get like a human storyline that or characters that are like, oh my god, this character is such a standout in this movie. Like the most memorable human characters in any of those movies are like the three. Like Mothra chicks. They're two yeah. Mothra girls. Oh, two. I yeah, thought they were three. twins. You you remember well them because they're freely they're smaller than everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, the like, contrast. But the like, only real really reason that you remember them is because you realize that they're played by the same actors over no, and over like, again. Yeah. Now again, I wouldn't say again the, the human characters here. Yeah, they're not necessarily that great. They they could have used better writing. You know, the actors are fine doing them for the most part but you know yeah but they're, they're basically there to take you from point a to b c d yeah and, uh, I, and it's not so much about a bad performance either it's because like no one does a bad job in this movie no. it's just that it's like they're given so little to do that they can't do a great job no the thing no. that david Bashir does really does really well is that he's able to deliver his lines with a really good accent but then what do you really want, like, the humans to overpower the monster performances? Yeah, like, do you want to come home and say, It's not oh. about overpowering. It's about giving people motivation and giving them well, a point in the story. Well, like, then you step back and let the giant monsters do their thing. But it's just like, without it, you get Godzilla 2014. Well, well my counter to that, well, first of all, I would say I still would prefer the, char- the human characters, with the exception of Brian Cranston, I still prefer the characters in this movie just because, you know, if you're going to be like a big, like live action cartoon, I can mostly accept that, you know, you're not trying to be bigger than you are. Like that was the thing with 2014 Godzilla. That was the problem where like, you're trying to make these characters mean something and I, it's just not there. At well, least in this that case, movie just fails. <laughs> you know, it's no one kidding. thing to fail; it's another thing to not but, really try. I would. The only counter I would make, though, to what you said, though, Matt, is like Kong Skull Island it, had that had memorable human yes, characters. Yeah. Like that had John C. Riley, that had Samuel Jack, like Tom Hiddleston, John John Goodman. You had that, that guy who got carried off by birds. <laughs> Mark Evan Johnson? No, no, no. He's the other guy. Oh, okay. Sorry, my mistake. I'm just remembering, like, the black guy. <laughs> you see those birds again, by the way, in this film. <laughs> Sorry, just, I'm remembering, like, actually, when we, we did the podcast on that movie, and we, like, I feel like we talked for, like, half an hour about just that scene. It feels like it, we did, but, um. But, no, but that's, that's the thing I would say is that you, you can have like compelling human characters if you and that 
and you can marry that with the monster. So that's why Kong Skull Island, I think, is still my favorite of these movies. Yes. But in the long again, run, it might be the best of the four. If yeah, I was yeah. to kind of great if I was kind of to be objective about it. I still really like King of the Monsters, so that's my favorite. Oh. But that's more of a personal thing. But I mean, I you're I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. It, yeah, so that's like the thing. Um, it, again, I, I can basically take or leave these human characters because they're getting me to where I want to go with this. And ultimately, what made this so impressive was just by the time you get to the middle of the movie and they get into the the core, or well, I don't know, what would you call that? The like, Hollow Earth. The Hollow Earth, excuse me. Yeah. The Hollow Earth, see, like, that is just. It, I, it almost made me think of like when you've seen like van art, yeah. but like brought to life in a way that's really amazing. Like, there's no way to get around it. The idea of the hollow, hollow earth is ludicrous. It's made of frog rock. <laughs> <laughs> but, that's, but that's kind of what saves it. Where it's just like it's a cool looking place, and you know, it's just like we're there for a reason. Like, even though that's somewhat of a simplistic reason, like, again, it's just like, it's never like the impossible stuff that that I take issue with. It's always just the, why are we here and what are we doing? So it's like, okay, fine. There's a weird upside down world but, in the middle of the earth. But, but fine, that, but I'll that's, take it. But that's the thing that like, for me, if I'm just looking at this as, you know, an, like a visual experience, I think that is what I mean is that that sequence all the people did the VFX and they decided they, they just really put their work into that. And I was just really gobsmacked by how cool that all looked. Yeah. Although there are weird things about it. I'll talk about those later. Sure. Because I can't let anything go. <laughs> no. It, well, it also, it, the other thing that why I also, I, I do like this movie so much is, well, the best character is Kong. He is. Yeah. Like I and just, I just point. love Kong so much. He he's just you know, he, very he, expressive. Yeah, very expressive. And you feel for him so much. That, that's the the real secret of King Kong. Even going back to nineteen thirty whatever when he was first on screen. Yeah, thirty three, I think. Yeah, thirty three. Where it's just like the whole point of King Kong is that he's this monster that you can sort of identify with. Where it's just like, you know, even if he like rampages down the city streets, you understand why he's doing it. And you understand why he does everything that he does. He is the most human of all giant monsters. Of all the apes I know, he was the most human. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but, but that's the point. He's, he's, you know, we can identify with him the most because he, you know, we understand him those. Godzilla just does whatever for whatever reason. And, you know, yeah. and so they're really good enemies. So Kong has to be the hero of the movie. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, I, I would, I would want, I would be curious to meet someone who was like super rooting for Godzilla in this movie. Oh, there are people. Because, you know. <laughs> yeah. Cause Godzilla, like I almost feel like by design, he doesn't have as much personality as Kong. Do they have voice actors? 
credited for mm. Kong or Godzilla or no? They have mocap actors like that are performing, you know, a la like Andy Circus. Okay. But I don't have some credit for doing the noises. I just don't know who they are off the top of my head. They they're all get they're, you to do. It's they're probably D. Bradley Baker. Or or, probably, or it's probably. all or Alan Tudyk. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, so like Kong, I feel like is the thing that really takes me through this movie because even when you have a scene where the human characters are like, what are we going to do about Kong now? I don't know. Maybe we can do this. Let's do this thing. Okay, let's do this. They cut back to Kong. It's like, oh, I'm yeah. rooting for you, buddy. Kong, yeah. whenever he's just on screen and kind of just doing what he wants, is just it, it, it's great. Yeah. I mean, there, there is a bit of a performance there, which is just like, you know, it's not, it's not, it's not, you know, talking and, you know, and acting. It's just, you know, giving a bit of character to this giant ape yeah and that's those are always things that i appreciate like in every really good kaiju film there's always that little bit of character in every monster even if it's just barely there yeah yeah absolutely absolutely yeah. that that's the case too yeah that's godzilla does get the shaft in that regard because he's just mean in this like Although mean... you do, he is mean. He's 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 the jerk, but it's just like he still has a reason for doing what he does, even if we don't agree with that reason. Yeah. Yeah. No. Well. Yeah. They they, they do give him some like motivation of all things, like because of what's going on with Apex and like that. He he he's not just rampaging through a city just because you know I'm a dumb. Well, he is a dumb monster, but like he, he's like, but he he's a tr but he has this like I'm gonna go after Kong because you know he's just my foe. Yeah. Although, in I think we do have to talk about that a little bit, where it's just like part of the the main problem with this is the main problem that came up in Batman versus Superman. There is no reason for Kong to want to fight Godzilla. And Godzilla really has no reason for fighting Kong either. If you I, really I, th think I think it. that there's more motivation here. Like I, I will, Kong sees, uh, at the least, I think Kong sees Godzilla as a threat to, you know, his, you know what his his livelihood. Sure, but like let's think, of, let's look at the conflict in the movie's terms. Kong starts the movie on his island. He doesn't want to stay there because he knows that he's sort of trapped in this sort of artificial environment, and he's kind of outgrowing it. But what does he want? He wants to basically just live his life and be by and just not have people messing around with him. Yeah, and that's what he wants. Godzilla wants to keep. Uh, Godzilla has been leaving the mainland alone and not destroying things until Apex starts messing around with stuff. His goal is just against Apex. Godzilla is against Apex. Kong is against the people interfering with his life. Those two things do not conflict with each other. Except there's a contrivance where there's the giant gorillas for the ancient enemies of the giant lizards, <laughs> and they have some kind of like genetic race memory of this rivalry. And then there's a little homing beacon that goes off when they're in proximity, like Highlander immortals, where they must fight to, for dominance. <laughs> and yeah. plus, you know, Kong has to. Get his hands around like Godzilla's mouth to go like pull. <laughs> That's like my favorite thing that he does. Like, and I'm not saying that you can't find a way to put these two together, but it's 
just what you said about it. It's a contrivance. <laughs> it, it's it's like even towards the middle of the movie, there's still no reason for Kong to like. Uh, like, even in the first fight, like they're saying, like, okay, we're avoiding everywhere Godzilla goes, so he won't attack us. And then Godzilla just shows up. Why? It's like this is unexpected. And it's like, well, yeah, it's unexpected. I, you I, you laid out in the film that this wasn't supposed to happen, and yeah. he just did it because we needed an action sequence at the beginning of the second act. And Which now is a really cool. Action yeah, it was. Sequence. I I, I, I I'll give you that, but I'll still, forgive it for that. I I, I I you know I will treasure the memory of Godzilla and King Kong standing on top of an aircraft carrier and punching each other. <laughs> but you could you could have gotten there better. It's like you could have just said it's like okay, in order to get to where we're going, we got to cross Godzilla's territory. We got to do it fast. But he's all the way over here, so we'll be fine. And it's like, oh no, he's coming! Or, or it could have been something else, where it's just like, I, I don't know, maybe there is a reason for Godzilla to attack King Kong. You could have given us a reason. I, I, I think the movie does enough to justify why Kong is fighting in defense. Well, sure. I think you I mean, maybe make a point about why like Godzilla being so on the offense is a little bit like puzzling. I it's just contrived because I, I this movie is called Godzilla. You know, but here's the Kong. thing though, like you brought up Batman Superman though. Like I can kind of take the contrivance in this movie because of what this is. In Batman v Superman, they were twisting themselves into knots to like get the two of them like to be like opposites. For sure. And again, this, you know, Kong versus Godzilla is not Godzilla versus Kong, whatever. Is not as is not <laughs> as labored and as dumb as Batman there, v Superman. There's no jar of Granny's peach tea in a Senate subcommittee hearing. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. You beauty who minds. <laughs> this is a lot more fun and colorful yes. and energetic. Yeah. Yes, that's yeah. the thing too. It's like that's the, I love just the the lighting. Like here's there's color in this movie. Yeah. Like that's even good. in like the they have a fight scene at night in a city, like the big climax and all like most of the like the buildings are lit in neon. Yeah. And like you can see like there's actual, there's like cinematography going on. Like yeah. it's not just all like we're gonna have dull gray brown because that's life, man. <laughs> Although in the end, I also take kind of issue with how the film is really shot. Really? Well, not in a sort of like someone put the camera here and then shot the film. What I mean is like when the fight scenes sort of start, it kind of seems like we're on a theme park ride. I don't mind that. Well, what you mind is one thing. <laughs> oh, well, no, I, I kind of get, I kind of see what you mean. Like, it is very, like, the the camera work is very much, like, a I, little jerky. I mean, we're spiraling over King Kong's body. We're, like, doing all sorts of, like, the, spaceship point of views where it's, like, we're flying past Kong's mouth and then flying past Godzilla. It feels like we're in a warm-up for, like, a Universal Studios ride. I noticed that a couple of times, I know what you are saying. It didn't bother me as much. It, I did notice, like, when there's, like, they're in the ship, like, Alexander Skarsgård and Rebecca Hall and the girl, they're in that ship and they go over Kong and then they yeah. go over Godzilla. Yeah, that that absolutely is, like, a universal theme park moment. But they don't do that, like, that much. It's, they don't do it all the time. But when I saw it, I'm like... They yeah. let the, they let that go in the climax, at least for the most part. Yes, but it saves the trip to a theme park and like you know the whole vacation, the tickets. This is much more cost effective for us. Yes. Uh, yeah. So, um, 
but uh, yeah. So I, no, I I, I kind of see what you're saying there. Um, on the other hand, I mean, you know, the it's not like necessarily like it. it I don't know how else you could. Well, there is. I feel like the the thing, the main thing is there's big. There is scale in this movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, you know, when the fight does happen. Yeah, it's really exciting, and you see all you see both Godzilla and Kong get beat up pretty bad. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's that's the fun thing too is that you you really aren't sure like it could be anybody's game, and and especially by the time you get to the big like the third act fight, I'm again this is I'm not going to get into a spoiler, but there's an element introduced that helps to even things out in a way. Yeah, it's almost to I don't, I don't know if this will be a spoiler, but it's almost like the equivalent of like when you have a wrestling match and somebody throws, like suddenly you have a chair and that like that, that ups the stakes just by having a chair. <laughs> oh my God. He has a chair. I can't believe the refs are allowing this. Yeah. Clang, clang, clang. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do like the, I like the fact that Kong is set up basically as our underdog. Yeah. Fine. He get he almost gets destroyed in that first fight. Uh-huh. And you know, he and he kind of survives, and you know, Godzilla leaves him alone because he thinks he's no well, threat. Yeah, but, and so it's just like and, and the thing I realize too now, though, is like if you think about Kong Skull Island, which takes place in the seventies, yeah, like Godzilla, like Kong has aged all that time. Yeah, where it's like you look at his fur and you like he's got gray fur. Yeah, did you notice that? Yeah. Yes, I did. I thought that was a really good element of of the way he looked, and it's just like you know this this is an old monkey. He's and you know he's not as big, and he doesn't have atomic breath, and he doesn't have claws. Yeah. Well, the filmmakers know like the per, the the perspective of somebody like Corey, who's like, wait, how can Kong and Godzilla be at all like a fight? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, that's what I said before. But of course, you also said, like, Godzilla breathes fire. And then then Matt had to, like, correct you, like, ah, 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 atomic breath. (laughs) Me and my level of emotional intellectual needs with the franchise. These animals are fighting for their lives. This this lizard created by nuclear fusion is, you know, I, I probably just got that wrong. Do you know what I could give your level of investment? One star. <laughs> give me half a star. Oh. Give me one and uh, Nobody one listening star. knows what you're talking about right now. Oh. All right. But no, that was one of the many reasons why I did yeah. not want to see this movie. So I was like, they're too unequally yeah. matched. Uh, again, I know. just like, this is preposterous. A giant ape could never defeat now, a lizard. Now, now, again, to be fair to your point of view, though, Andrew, there is a moment, though, in this movie where I, I did lean over to you and I said, save Martha! <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, yeah. yeah. I think that's already a meme on Twitter, too. Probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think we're I think we can give our general like sum up thoughts before we get into spoilers now, right? Yeah, I, as Matt said, it's pretty colorful and it's and it's a bit of fun. Uh, just don't expect a very deep plot, and uh, you know, and if you keep that in mind, then you'll appreciate a, a, a giant 
gorilla fighting against yeah. uh, an atomic lizard, which yeah. is, and that's okay. Yeah. Well, I would say is, you know, John Huston had the axiom that, you know, you shouldn't remake good movies. You should re- remake mediocre movies. And King Kong versus Godzilla 1962, as much as I have affection for it from my childhood, is kind of a mediocre movie. Sure. <laughs> you I know, agree. like... The King Kong suit in that movie is ass. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it it looks like it was made from like like a couch cushion. Um, but again, not to put that movie down too much. But what I'd say is this movie is a really good remake of that movie in yeah. the sense of a modern day thing. Uh, again, I think the visual splendor of this movie. Uh, again, everything in the Hollow Earth, I felt like that was in a way itself a kind of amusement park ride, but the kind that is like trying to show something in like a graphic art kind of way that I think I haven't really seen that much of with these kind of monster movies. It took it into like a fantastical realm. Like I was seeing something like, oh, we're going to show you like the origins. And to me, that also gave Kong some extra motivation. In that sequence that he didn't have, like he had, he had kind of the real arc of this movie. In a way, well, well, maybe not, but he had like motivation in that sequence because it's like, hey, maybe I'll find out like if I had family here or if I have some type of backstory, you know, like what's going on with this, uh, you know, so, you know, in, in, so that's, that was really cool. And again, if you're, once you get to the you know what this movie's meaning to get to, it's it's just a lot of fun. Like, again, I wouldn't rank this as the best of these movies because again the human characters are overall not great, even though the actors are trying. They're not great, and there are too many of them. Yeah, no, there are too many of them. Although to the movie's credit, they do kill off a number of them as it goes along. Not enough. <laughs> and not soon enough. Yeah. Destroy Matt. all humans. So that's yeah. my review, Matt. Um, yeah, so until they get around to making a, a movie about primal rage, this is like the, <laughs> the best like giant lizard, giant ape slobber knocker that you could get. So I endorse it. <laughs> all right. So. All right. Now we're going to get into spoilers. If you haven't seen the movie yet and want to check it out, you know, go do that. Uh, if you don't really care about spoiling things with a big uh, ape uh, lizard mashup fight movie, you know, continue on. A great Godzilla blazing a trail of terror to his Japanese homeland. Captain, water in the conning tower. Roaring defiance to the only enemy on Earth strong enough to challenge him. The unconquerable King Kong, giant gorilla god of this South Seas paradise, where sensuous maidens offer themselves in ritual sacrifice to his brute embrace. Godzilla has a brain about this size. He is sheer brute force. While Kong is a thinking animal. His brain is considerably larger. About ten times the size of this gorilla's skull. Being instinctive rivals, there's no doubt that they will attempt to destroy one another. Okay, so... Kong, Me- Mecha, I'm sorry. Mecha Godzilla. Yeah, let's talk about that. He looked good. 
I disagree. Um, no. Yeah. I'm going to say not compared to how Mechagodzilla has looked before. I'm not saying he's the best Mechagodzilla. He's Mechagodzilla. ugly. He's too rectilinear. He looks a little too like Transformers-y. Yeah. Uh, no, Transformers look different. From no, this, it's like they but... made him in Minecraft. <laughs> yeah, it's like there are too many like kind of like parts to him that like are just bendy and it it, it almost seemed like he was fi- like Godzilla and Kong were fighting like an erector set. Well, despite however he looks though, you gotta admit he had some sweet moves. I he's he got was he was a... in his back, he shoots missiles out of his shoulders, he's got red red mouth beams. And he has that tail thing that'll burrow into your face. He's a formidable foe. Oh yeah, and and I, I kind of almost enjoyed in a, it's almost like a guilty pleasure sort of way how it, it got, you know the, the movie doesn't make any bones that like okay even though it's supposed to be that he's gonna you think he's gonna be controlled by this guy that's like doing virtual realities or something they do away with that. <laughs> The, the thing that bothers me about it is just, like, the whole reasoning behind it and Mechagodzilla's point in the plot is underdeveloped. Let well, me explain. It, yeah, please. Okay, so the big secret to the film is Godzilla is attacking uh, the Apex cybernetics plants because they are conducting tests to operate Mechagodzilla. But they're doing it using King Ghidra's skull, one of them. Yes. Yes. And so it's just like, okay, that's why Godzilla is doing what he's doing. Every time they power up Mechagodzilla, he heads for that spot and tries to destroy what's there. And it's just like, well, why are they creating Mechagodzilla? Well, to have a monster, to have something that can fight Godzilla. And Godzilla hasn't been attacking anything. So they're creating a reason for Godzilla to attack the land, and they're creating this thing which is making Godzilla attack them so they can attack Godzilla. Andrew, Andrew. It's it's (laughs) – now, this would have been worth it if Apex was making Mecha Godzilla to destroy Godzilla and take over the world. That's yeah. That's not quite the reason. What I was about to say – No, it's not the reason, but it should have been. What I was saying is it's about capitalism. It is. <laughs> but it's just like Apex. It was capitalism all along. There's no reason in the movie's logic for Apex to make Mecha Godzilla. Because making Mecha Godzilla causes the problem that they think they're trying to solve. But the Apex people are basically the Bruce Wayne's Lex Luthor of the movie who are making a problem yeah. where it doesn't exist. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's also that is the weird thing that that also does remind me of Batman v Superman because like. The King Ghidra skull and Mechagodzilla is basically the, uh, it's the Zod and Doom and was it Doomsday? Doomsday yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, and also, the thing about that is that why does Godzilla know that they're making the cyborg with King Ghidorah's skull? He just knows. <laughs> <laughs> he has a lizard sense that's tingling. I mean, the details. Do matter and they don't. Yeah, that's the thing. It's I, like I, I, I'm not concerned about why using Ghidra's skull to operate Mecha Godzilla makes Godzilla attack. I'm not concerned about you know those like things. I'm con- I'm concerned about the logic that the movie has created. I, I the whole thing is going against the movie's own logic. When you start contradicting yourself, that's when the movie is not doing well. 
I think a problem maybe is that, you know, we've just been introduced to this, like, uh, the Damien Bashir character in this movie. Had he been in another movie before and been set up as, like, a a corporate uh, asshole who, you know, wants all the power and glory for himself, that might have helped to establish his motivation a little bit more. Yeah, but the thing is, we can't go back in time and retcon the monsters. Oh, no. I'm talking about the movie working on its own merits. And it's just like, you have to just add one thing. Damien Bashir wants to take over the world. But, if it could have been that, but, then he would have had a reason beyond like the whole Godzilla but that's been eating done his own yeah, tail. So much. Who cares though? It's supposed to make sense within but the it whole film. It does make sense because he's a paranoid guy. He said, "I have the resources to fight Godzilla. So if Godzilla ever goes bad, we can kill Godzilla with yeah, the machine." That yeah, I made. again, it's not a great motivation, but it is a motivation because he didn't. The motivation know, could have been better, but he didn't know that Godzilla was going to hone in on the King Ghidorah's skull. Is the thing but he, he knows he that have, it does happen, but he couldn't have known that until he started the project. Yeah, but he's been doing this about 20 times <laughs> you think he'd get the hint well yeah. he spent all the money getting to the mecha gods of the build so he's not going to ban the project until I know, but that doesn't make him a good character it makes him stupid it's a sunk cost policy when you invest billions in making a mecha godzilla you're getting well sure to make sure it's operational yeah yeah there is that aspect to it it's also a little bit of the i guess this uh, now i just had another like comparison like jeff bridges and iron man and i think that was a better version of this no. i don't know if i stopped it's everything not with that. it's not it's not the same jeff bridges makes makes money by selling arms to bad people he will thinks he feels that he can make more money by selling iron man technology to bad people no but he but he makes, that makes his a own certain sense yeah he steals the technology from tony stark and wants to sell it to the highest bidder yeah, yeah. That makes sense within the movie's own logic. But then also... This doesn't make sense within its own logic. All right. And then, so then the King Ghidorah skull, which they had been using as some sort of organic supercomputer, becomes sentient at the end and takes control of the Mechagodzilla unit. Is that what was animating the Mechagodzilla thing? Yes. Oh, they could have made that clear. That would have been cool. If I had known that was happening, I would have been excited. I got the sense that that was what was happening. Do you know what I was hoping would happen? What? I was hoping that the Asian man who was you who was piling the thing, there would be a malfunction where his mind would go into Mecha Godzilla and he would be like, Now I'm the strongest man <laughs> in the world and he would have gone crazy with power. That would have been awesome. I just wanted them to like tear off their skin and reveal that they're all green space apes. That would have been great too. <laughs> it would have made more sense. We're gonna use Mecha Godzilla to conquer the world. And then, and it's like, no, we're just doing it because we have dumb logic. Mm. See, I'm fine most for the most part I'm not with yelling this. At you. No, no, you're I'm yelling you're being, at the movie. You're, you're being very like animated in a constructive way. Right. Like I would say like I was kind of, I was, I wasn't mad at that plot point. It wasn't great, but I'm fine. Well, I'm fine that like, again, he's, you know, an egomaniacal asshole who thinks like, I'm the one that can like save the earth if Godzilla goes bad again. And, you know, Damien Bashir sells that character for me because he's so over the top and, you know, in a movie that kind of needs that kind of character. And, he I, should have been a space ape. <laughs> space ape? If we yes. had just... Yes, it, Matt is absolutely right. <laughs> I'm if trying he, to... Rem- we had revealed that he was the, an alien using his resources just the, to dominate the planet 
then it would have made perfect sense. Now, I have a question, because I'm trying to remember in, like, past Godzilla movies, when... When they create, what what was the in the past the motivation for Mecha Godzilla? Was it just to stop Godzilla? When in the first Godzilla versus Mecha Godzilla, Mecha Godzilla is a mechanical monster created by aliens uh, or green space apes. Yes, green, yes. First, I forgot about that. And at first, they're framing Godzilla. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's a weird sort of logic to that, uh, but I don't mind it because. In that movie, Godzilla sort of finds out that somebody's impersonating him and then decides to interfere based upon <laughs> the bad name that it's giving him, basically. <laughs> All right, I will grant you that is a better version of the story than this. Then again, that might just be my head cannon. No, no, that's what happens in the movie. <laughs> it's been a while. No, he also has to like get revenge for Angiris because Mechagodzilla kicks Angiris around a little bit. Yeah, mm. exactly. You know, Godzilla's like, I'm the only one who should destroy Japan. Me! Yeah. It's all sort of like a weird ego trip. Yes. Where it's like, no one's a better Godzilla than me. Yeah. Yeah. But then later, Mechagodzillas are built by, like, the Earth Defense Force oh, as, like, okay. a precaution against Godzilla. Gotcha. Which makes sense, because the only thing that can defeat a giant monster is a giant monster. Yes. And you that's control- also a robot. Exactly. <laughs> control a robot. Well, that's the, well, that's the thought that in this movie, up to a point. And unless you're a- an alien, you can't control a giant monster. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Um, okay. I don't know. Well, oh, we're, we're, <laughs> that's the, well, that's the big spoiler I think in the movie. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, you know, again, getting back to the Batman v Superman comparison, you know, Kong and Godzilla have their big fight and. You know, they don't have a Martha moment, but there is a moment when they're, like, literally, like, going, like, rawr, rawr, the, into each other's faces, and you get the thought, why are we fighting? I don't know. <laughs> and then they break apart, and then they realize, oh, there's another thing that we got to fight against. And, well, actually, no, that's not true, because Kong actually gets kind of knocked out, and he's brought back by the, pa- by the, ma- the magic of, like, a Earth Core defibrillator, I guess yes. we could call it. And he springs back to action just as Mechagodzilla is kicking Godzilla's ass and making us actually feel sorry for Godzilla for a moment. Yeah, and I mean, then they he, he wrecks Godzilla. Yeah, it's it's so it's it's kind of hard. Not it's not hard to watch because it's just like nobody's getting hurt mm-hmm. or anything. But it's just like you know, uh, this giant mechanical monster who that doesn't need to exist can suddenly kick Godzilla's ass. Yeah, no, but that that does set up like a, it is a good threat in like the last part of this. But movie. still, there's no reason for Kong to even help Godzilla mm. because there's no reason for them to fight each other. And even if they had a reason to fight each other, they wouldn't have a reason to help each other. Well, maybe Kong just knows intuitively, like if I don't stop this, then this robot thing is going to come after me. No, he does it because a little girl asks him to. Yeah, there's that. <laughs> and it's just like, that's okay, because it's just like, you know, they can communicate, and it's just like, well, Kong will listen to her, and he'll trust her. But again, it's like, aside from that, there's no real reason for him to help. Mm-hmm. It's not like, you know, Superman and Batman. Like, that's the one thing where Batman v Superman has the advantage. They know Doomsday is going to destroy the planet unless they both team up and try to try to kill it. It's just like, there's no reason for either of these monsters to help each other. Mm-hmm. 
I, I can look past that because I want to see them like beat up the big mechanical. I, I ultimately that's thing. why we put up with it because yeah, it is a really cool thing when they actually team up and start fighting Mechagodzilla. Uh, but it's just like you know, beyond that, beyond the need for a cool fight, was there anything it, else? It, I will. I guess the what is to the film's detriment, but also to its credit, is that it's kind of this movie's full of a lot of shallow pleasures. Yeah, and well, mostly in this particular near the end. I don't think the stuff in Hollow Earth is necessarily a shallow pleasure for me. I just think I mean, it looks very amazing, art- well art- artistically well. Like I want to like I, I want to like great. smoke a blunt and like watch that sequence. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's fine, but it's just like you know, everything on a story level sort of falls apart when you start asking why. Yeah, well, that's why I mean that it's very like Saturday morning cartoon. Like this is like the Godzilla and Kong, like, uh, serial hour. Yeah. Uh, now, when they're in the Hollow Earth, remember, the whole point of them going there is that uh, Isaac Gonzalez had been sent by her father to get a sample of, like, the crazy mineral that powers the Hollow Earth. So the, they spent, like, this little crab thing, and it scans, like, a vein of this stuff that's lighting up, and then it uploads that scan to, like, Hong Kong. So, oh, we've got 100% of the scan. Now we can power Mechagodzilla. I'm like, wait, wait, you just need to scan the stuff? You didn't actually need to sample yeah, that back wait, to put into the yeah, machine? That part, that, was that a, part I missed. I thought they were bringing the sample back. I think the what they back. did was they scanned it to determine what its chemical composition was, and then they reproduced it. They, they oh. cut out the reproducing scene. They just oh, yeah. like said, like, oh, yeah, it's, like, glowing stuff okay that makes our machine work now because we know yeah. that stuff that glows in the earth yes i yeah it's a bit weak yeah, i thought it would be like you know that they would harvest like a chunk of kryptonite and then put it in the mecha godzilla and it would be like the metallo of mecha godzilla yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I and mean, even then it's just like that again that's never the stuff i have a problem with it's just like yeah although if it's like if they had said that like at the beginning it's like if if Evil Richard Branson had said to his daughter, <laughs> if he had said, okay. If Ricardo Montalban had said to his daughter. Yes. If he had said, okay, you're going to go down to the hollow earth, and once you find the thing, you're going to use the probe to scan it so we can reproduce it here. If they had said that in the beginning, then we would have just accepted it when it happened. I mean, well, that was, I, I kind of got the sense that like, he wants her down there to get something. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, very, it's very MacGuffin-y. Yeah, but it's basically like if I say I want you to go to the store and get me like a bottle of tomato sauce, and you go to the store and you take a picture of it with your phone, that doesn't let me make pasta at home. You didn't bring me the tomato sauce. If I scanned it with a crab probe that told you exactly what it was made of, I could have used my special food reproduction machine to make ketchup. Mm. Right, Corey? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Admittedly, I, I'm sure if I watched this movie again, there would be stuff in this plot that would bother me. Yeah, and you're I, bringing up some good points, too. Like, I'm... I don't know. And in the, and then once that happens, it's just like, well, why does Kong even go back to the top of the Earth to, to, to help fight Godzilla? He wants to be in the Hollow Earth. Why would he leave Hollow Earth to go fight Godzilla when he knows he, do, he can't win? Because Godzilla's an asshole deserves to be punched in the face. Yeah, <laughs> so, but it's just like we never get a feeling that Kong is angry at Godzilla, except when they're fighting each other. And then the other thing is like, well, what Godzilla is going after Apex, and it's just like, well, if they get destroyed, then this whole movie is over, and he has no more reason well, to do he, anything. He, no, and it's Kong like, what is Kong it. protecting? Well, Kong is just very proud, so he's got to 
revenge is honor. Yeah, I said that in the movie. That would have been great. You're telling me this right now. Well, Rebecca Hall said, like, Kong bows to no monster. He's, that's why we gotta keep him secret because there can't be two titans in the room otherwise. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Why does he go into the hollow earth? Why does he say, like, I'm gonna hunt Godzilla down? No, it's he does it when it's convenient for the plot. Well, but he but he's brought to the hollow earth like at a point where Godzilla's not around. And then Godzilla blows into the hollow earth and sticks his head. Yeah, like, that's yeah! the thing. Godzilla sticks his like green ass they're into the situation. Half the radius of a planet away. <laughs> if I suddenly heard you shout from like down the highway, Andrew, you're an asshole. I wouldn't run down the highway and punch you in the face. I was f- I was fine with it because I know you were fine with it. You're fine with everything. In this no, movie. I'm not fine with everything. I I can. Oh, I, again! I'm not yelling at you. I'm yelling at the film. I'm sorry. Lola, wages of cinema survive. Jack versus Andrew. of all the movies that we have ever reviewed, none of them has been as divisive as Godzilla versus Kong. You see, Corey, they'll be at each other's throat until uh, Mecha Mac comes and they'll unite against him. Get him. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God, this film is tearing. I, I said at the beginning of this episode, this movie's dumb, but it's like, it's it's fun dumb. I will agree. It is fun to watch. Yeah. And it's just like, in the end, when you're looking for Godzilla just to fight King Kong, it's like you get what you pay for. Yeah, and like, in the end, like in the end, that's going to be have, that's, have to be enough. That's what I mean by fine with it. I can take a. I'm. Let me put it this way. I'm better. I'm. Uh, how do I phrase this? Like, it's okay. I. I am not unaccepting of a silly motivation if it gets me to the next set piece that I can just enjoy as eye candy. Right. Like that's this movie. It's I would call it eye candy. It's not good for me, but I am <laughs> glad I can be in the co- in like the candy shop. This is like when like Corey, like when we're down at the shore and we go into that one candy store on the boardwalk. You know what I'm talking about? And you just load up your bag full of candy and taffy that you're gonna take home with you. Sure. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think we really disagree about like the quality of this film. I mean, we both know what it is. No, and absolutely, and Matt knows it, what it is. Too. This is the kind of movie where, again, like to now we're in spoilers, so we can talk about like again Kong. Like he has also like this. What would you call it? Like an axe yeah. that gets charged up with like atomic energy, and you suddenly know like. Oh, so this is how he's going to be able to fight Godzilla because he has like the magic atomic axe thing. Sure, because Kong's kind of smart and he knows how to use tools. Yeah, that's great. Like that to me, I think I'm not going to say it helps explain why he would go and fight Godzilla, but he knows like, okay, I have this tool. This is going to help me in my fight. If he didn't have that, you know, maybe he'd give it a second thought. Maybe he would. I just like the part where he picks up a um, jet off an aircraft carrier and throws it at Godzilla like a throwing star. Like, and how... it still has a pilot in it? Yes! <laughs> Wait, you said you dislike that? No, that's like, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. And then you see, like, the pilot gets out just in time. Yeah. yeah. That <laughs> now, now the review is just like remember when the monkey punched the lizard. <laughs> yeah, <Good times>. right. <laughs> yeah. 
But, uh, oh god I, I don't know if I'll uh, uh, this has been one wild night yes I, are there any spoiler things we want to talk about with gods oh, oh talking about like again silly crap like yeah, oh well, again this is where like the human character stuff is just so like oh my god like because the oh, what's the actor's name the guy the kid from Deadpool 2 Julian Dennison yes thank you yeah Julian Dennison who like he and Billy Bobby Brown, Brian Tyree Henry, they're like all in front of the computer, and you have that moment you've had. These, we've seen so many of these movies where, like, hey, we have to shut this down. How are we going to do it? All right, we have to go. Oh, no, no, the system's locked. And then, like, the moment where he realizes, oh, I can use this thing to stop the machine. And it's just like, oh, really? And what did it do? It made Godzilla glitch for like two seconds. Yeah, it didn't shut him down. It made him glitch so that they could have like an opening. Like, and the, and the whole thing about that subplot is just like it didn't have to be these three people. Yeah, wandering through the facility and learning all the secrets. We could have just had cutaways to the evil corporation doing evil things. Yeah, yeah. It, it's like you, you try. They wanted to try to work in like. In a way that I wonder if it's going to, this is going to probably be something that will age poorly with the movie. This whole thing of, you know, a true, you know, a truther podcast about like monsters. Oh, God. Yeah. I was going to talk about that. It's like <laughs> yeah. in the last year or so, the idea of the crazy conspiracy podcast has not aged well. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what I realized? This film would have come out. Summer of last year? No. Fall of last year, I think. Yeah, I think it was supposed to be due Christmas of last year. I think so, too. It's yeah, like end of last year. Be, it was going to be late last year. Yeah. And unfortunately, there was a problem in Washington in between those two moments. Yes. And, and, and now, oh, and you know what, and you know what bugs me? <laughs> Them talking about fluoride and water. Oh, yeah. God uh, damn it. I, yeah, I guess I didn't really, like, hmm. Yeah, there is that part. I was more... This, well, that's a personal pet peeve. Well, my my antenna stuck up when they were talking about Bleach. Yes. And I, I, I don't think the filmmakers knew no. that the former guy was going to talk about, like, cl- using Bleach to clean yourself out from COVID. Again, that didn't really become an important plot point, but it was a weird wrinkle. Yeah! Where we got to meet Ronnie Chang, working as in a, gro- in a Wait, bodega. Oh, who is this? Is he in other stuff? The guy from The Daily Show. Well, not Ronnie Chang. What's his name? God damn it. What? All right. Uh, who, who's the guy on The Daily Show? Who? You mean the guy in that... I don't know of who you're talking oh, about. It. There... <laughs> I should look it up, because I have my phone out, and I should be able to look up people who The point are... is, comedian playing a part as a guy working in a store talking about selling bleach. Gets... Oh, no, it is Ronnie Chang. There! You're right, Thank exactly. you. I feel vindicated. Okay. Yeah, he'll also be in Chang-Chi soon. All right. All right, so... Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That 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 scene, yeah. That, you're right, though. The whole That whole subplot... It adds a lot of extra meat to this movie where it we honestly, yeah, it really could have just been Rebecca Hall and, and the kid and, you know, scientist man, you know, tr- following Kong to go to find no, energy I, source I, I don't think and, and the evil people in, at Apex. And ultimately, you basically have like these three characters wandering through the movie and getting into shenanigans so that they're the ones who kind of. I guess through their eyes reveal Mechagodzilla, and you yeah. didn't really need them to do that. You're no. absolutely right. There, there, there is a comedic subplot. Yeah, 
like yeah, yeah absolutely and it's not, but the thing is also it's not really a, it's not funny it just kind of bogs it down and it's kind of like ah, ha, ha, that's it's kind of like ah, yeah yeah <laughs> like actually if it was really funny that would be different like and that's where again like Kong Skull Island I think also just had a better sense of humor too sure now I'm wondering there's like Millie Bobby Brown and Kyle Chandler are basically like the only two carry over characters from the last film. There's uh, there's her father. Yeah, that's Kyle Chandler. Oh, okay. I said that. So those two are the only carry over characters. So I'm wondering whether you think that they should have brought more characters from the previous films in or like mm, did a theme break no. and had none of them? Nah, well, I think well part of the problem is too though, like characters from Skull Island, like how how do you bring them no, over? Godzilla King of the Monsters. But yeah. Well, but... no, no, I know they're from King of the Monsters. I was saying the other movies in this series. Yeah. But no, no, I get what you're saying. If this was even more of a direct sequel to, to King yeah, of the Monsters. Kind of like, yeah, because it's kind Because we spent, we saw all those monarch scientists and generals yeah. and people, and then like hardly, none of them are in it. Like, so you think that, hey, Godzilla on Rampage, why aren't you guys from the last movie who were on the last Rampage tour helping out here? David Strathairn was busy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Was Lance Reddick in the last movie? No. Well, he was randomly in the movie. That was odd. Adam Wingard just likes putting him in stuff. Right. I don't blame him. I like Lance Reddick's voice. Yeah, me too. Uh, it's fine. All right. So I think, I don't know, I think we've talked about I think we've talked about spoilers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, again, I would say that this movie is worth we've got seeing. To, we've got to... We've got to... Stop talking about it before we hurt each other. <laughs> <laughs> this movie is kind of weird. I don't have motivation to hurt you. Uh, neither, neither do I have you. Yes. That's, right. I would hurt both of you, but my special axe is at home. So uh, <laughs> This film is worth seeing once, but I doubt you're going to want to see it again. But if you do see it, I say see it on a big screen because it's all pretty colors and graphics. and Woo! Yeah. yeah. It, it is worth, even though you could see it, you can see it on HBO Max, and frankly, for a lot of people, that that's fine. But I was personally glad I saw this in a theater because it's just great to soak in King Kong's face on a big screen and take in, you know, that guy's big emotions. You know, he he really helps to make raise this to a uh, a star rating. I'm not going to mention. Uh, and <laughs> but anyway, no it, again I would not say that this is it a whole number of stars maybe <laughs> no comment <laughs> I, I, I plead the fifth okay. no but again it, it's it, yeah you get as you said earlier you get what you pay for it, it is a very big dumb popcorn movie that has a lot of logical problems and too many characters, but where, but you could see the money on the screen and they used it well. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's not chaos like a, uh, like Michael Bay or something or, or, or it's, and it's also not like a, a sludge like, like Zack Snyder movies. Right. Right. I mean, there was never a point in this film when I wasn't really enjoying myself. Yeah. Even as I noted logical inconsistency, I was, I was like, let's see where this movie keeps going. It's kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a lot better than I can say about some other movies. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm glad I didn't see this movie. 
<laughs> you go to the kaiju corner. <laughs> so if you guys have seen this movie uh, and have any thoughts you want to share, please email us, wagescinema at gmail.com. And we're also on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all the social media things. Matt, where can you be found? You can find me at my blog, mattvcatania.wordpress.com. And then there's also social links that are affiliated with that that you could click on and see. But yeah, mo- most of the blog, and there'll be a doobly-doo link back to that Exactly. Here, so. Yes, and you should all, and, and, and definitely follow Matt on Twitter, because, you know, his social media content is very niche and very intense at times. <laughs> but it's not riddled with logical <laughs> As far as we know. <laughs> no, but... Thank, thank you all for listening, and uh, you know we're always happy to uh, share our thoughts and all that, and we'll continue with that next time around. Until then, I am Jack. I'm Andrew. And I'm Mecha Godzilla Matt. And the wages of sin is. Ow, that hurts. I shouldn't do that. <laughs> Good night. Who bows to who? Nobody gonna stop me. Kong bows to no one. Could do a quick test here. Hello, Kong. Squeak. Yes. <laughs> you messaged me that too. I did. <laughs> Sound of a glove scraping across strings. <laughs>